where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. What a joy it is to hear a cacophony of sound in the sanctuary. And I hope for those of you at home, yeah, I hope for those of you at home um, that it's a delight for you to see familiar faces and new faces. Uh, we are a wonderful mix of people who have been here for a long time and people who really have literally just moved to town from, of all places, Wisconsin. Um, but of course, we have other people from Wisconsin, so they've already connected. Uh, and each week we're seeing folks coming through our doors. Uh, the word is out that United Church of Christ Longmont strives to be an inclusive community. And historically what that meant is that more than 20 years ago, this congregation went through an important process to designate themselves as open and affirming. And, and I think that's important to say, especially this month, because it's Pride Month throughout the nation. And so if you are LGBTQ, yeah. And claps to UCC Longmont 20 years ago. That was courageous then. It's still courageous now, but it doesn't feel, doesn't feel as dangerous. And I really use that word intentionally. So if you are part of the LGBTQ community, as am I, I want you to also hear that the church got it wrong a long time ago when they asked that we be something other than who we are. And so here in this place, you are asked and invited to just be yourself. Not who you wish you were, or other people might wish you were, or who you might have been, but who you are today. And we trust that the Holy Spirit's at work in all of us, and all of us are changed over time in terms of the expansiveness of our heart and our mind and our capacity to love and include. So thank you, a special thank you to those who are visitors today in person and online because I trust that who you are is going to help us to expand even further. Friends, one of the cornerstones of this congregation now is a theological statement that says no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. Let the grace of those words rest upon you. Let the spirit of our God be at work within you and let's see what the Spirit will do with us this morning in this time of worship. So last week, we remembered that we're still in the season of Pentecost. Pentecost is a day we celebrate that's 50 days after Easter, but it really is a season. It doesn't just last for one day, and it's, it's still Pentecost now. And as part of Pentecost, um, we recognize this season as a time of new beginnings, a new chapter, perhaps. And 
because it's a season, you know it's not like a simple end to a sentence. We've been living through multiple pandemics here in our country and, and throughout the world. The pandemic of systemic racism and white oppression and white supremacy, the pandemic of um, violence. Just think about where we've come since the name Ahmad Avery came into our spaces and our not minds and our hearts, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the five-year anniversary of Pulse nightclub. These are all things that are probably familiar to most of you. Last week, we asked the question, because in light of all that we've been through, we asked the question, who am I now? Who are we now? What is the church now? None of us can go through those experiences and be the same. Turns out the Rocky Mountain Conference was asking similar questions. The Rocky Mountain Conference is a group of more than 70 churches in Colorado, in Utah, and in Wyoming that come together and have a relationship. And this weekend was the Rocky Mountain Conference annual meeting. And the name of that whole last week was actually, and the name of that conference was Church Anew, the theme, Church Anew. Based on the scripture from the second letter to the Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, for anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new is emerging. And I like that translation, the new is emerging, because again, it's not a moment, it's a process. Take a look at any of our young people in the church. If you haven't been here for a year, they've grown. Some of us have shrunk, but they have grown. Always an important visual reminder of the new creation that we are becoming. Valerie Cower was the uh, keynote person who is part of the Sikh tradition, the Sikh religion, and she talks about revolutionary love, this time of major transition and multiple pandemics, she says is a time for revolutionary love. That's how we are grounded in these moments. And we are asked to be about the work of building beloved communities. Does that remind you of a term that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. used, beloved communities? We are to be about the work of building beloved communities where we are, right here. And in that work, she gives us 10 practices. And today, we're gonna focus on three practices. And like I said, we're joined with all the churches. I think I said this. We're joined with all the churches in the Rocky Mountain Conference. So you're gonna see videos from people in Loveland and Boulder and part of the Rocky Mountain Conference staff. So that's how they're going to join us. And we're all gonna be connected in spirit, which is something we learned when we were all online. We learned how to do that or at least we practiced anyway. So the three practices we're going to 
look at this morning are breathe, push, and transition. Anyone who's given birth recognizes those words. <laughs> breathe, push, and transition. And if you haven't physically given birth, I have not. I have certainly been birthed. You might want to think about the person that does know those intimately. But it's also words for a midwife or a doula, which is non-binary, which isn't gender dependent. So this message is not just for people who can physically give birth. In keeping with our scripture and song series that we started last week, here's how this morning's gonna roll out. We're gonna, we're gonna have um, the practice that will be introduced like I'm doing right now. And then we're gonna have a video and then we're gonna have a song. So you're invited to move through this process and then return to it during the week. So let's start with breathe. And this practice, I hope, is easy. We really do it automatically. But the practice is designed to remind us to return to our breath. You know, anxiety has a way of lifting us out of ourselves. And depression has a way of sinking us deep into places that are hard. Returning to the breath is a way of grounding in the present. To be conscious of these deep breaths as a way of caring for our body, mind, and spirit. We know that deep breathing moves our awareness from that small place in the back of our skull and our brain, the brain stem, to the frontal cortex, where we can think about things a little bit differently and not just react. Deep breathing has physiological effects. Breathing is also a good reminder to make space. You can feel the space open up in your body. And I want to invite you to remember that before our body, there was God's body. And before our breath, there was God's breath. That comes to us from a creation story in the book of Genesis, where we're told that God knelt down and took the substance of the earth, the dirt, the hummus, and formed each one of us and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. Let's continue to hear more reflections on breathe. Breath and surrender are intimately connected. And in many ways, when we exhale, we're surrendering our entire life. And when we're inhaling, we're receiving it again. And I think that's a profound act of vulnerability and surrender. One of the first things our babies do when they come out is to breathe. And usually comes with some crying, right? <laughs> 
matter how much we say we want things to change, no matter how much we say we want to welcome new people, no matter how much we say we want to grow, let's be honest, we don't always want to do that. Sometimes we want what's being birthed to stay inside because that's familiar and it's safer and there's no risk of tearing. There's no risk of, <laughs> I mean, with babies, holy moly, our whole lives are changed. And if as a church we're birthing something new, our whole existence will change. And it means we can't be comfortable in the ways we were before. It means we can't put ourselves first in the ways we did before. Um, all of a sudden, when I became a mother, I had a person who needed me completely. So there's there's a risk that happens and and all of a sudden resources aren't focused on me, time is not focused on me, it is directed in another way. And so I wonder as church, if we're going to push, if we're going to be prophetic, if we really wanna birth something new, what comforts are we giving up? What comforts do we have to give up? What risk do we then have to take? I mean, pushing in labor, like not, not everybody survives it, right? Like this is the reality. Um, and not all churches survive the risks that they take. But when we do, what is birthed, I think is just, is a miracle. Yeah, you're a miracle. You are. And and our experience of life and our orientation to that life just totally shifts. And we encounter vulnerability, but we also experience our strength and our strength together and our reliance on God and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And what's birthed has a life of its own. So keep breathing as we move into push. The practice of push. The practice of push invites us to enter the hard places. Now that's not a new concept here at UCC Longmont because what we know is sometimes that discomfort is the edge of new opportunity and the edge of new learnings. So discomfort is not to be avoided. Like push, it is to be entered into. So into the hard places of grief or anger or rage or even trauma as part of the healing process. A question for this practice is, is now a time to push for yourself or for others? Who is supporting you in the labor, in the work of push? And who are you providing support to? 
An important distinction between these two practices is to understand that a life cannot just be all push. And a life of revolutionary love cannot be all breath or breathe. It's learning when to breathe, when to take space, when to catch your breath, if you will, and when to join with others and just push and keep going. Let's hear now this reflection from Boulder. That simple one just gets me the most, like, dripping. When something terrible happens, there's a window of possibility that is unique because of the circumstances where things that weren't possible before become within reach in a Holy Spirit kind of way. And we might say that's resurrection, you know, that the, the tomb we're pushing it open for other things to happen and so in our community we're organizing for a gun buyback and the reason it's able to happen quickly is the push that the urgency of the pain has brought us and so we feel like that's exactly what we're doing we're gonna push so that the pain of this day is not what comes out of it, that, that that's a movement comes out of it that reduces gun violence here in Boulder County and beyond, and that the pain of that day helps us know what we can do when we collectively decide that we can do something. Before this and, you know, the ongoing conversation of this year and the movement for Black Lives and what does it mean for public safety and, and thinking about policing, knowing it's started as a slave patrol. And I preached a sermon around, I'm convinced it can't be reformed. And, and then here I am calling our Boulder Police Department, making relationships and connections for our gun buyback. And this feels like, oh, I can, can I, yes. We can, we can have a view that holds all of this, where it feels it's pulling us, right? But there's an expansiveness that comes with that, where I can be in relationship with you and value you, and also believe the thing that you're a part of needs to be totally revamped, you know? And so that's just one example where I think work, ministry, building beloved community, within our walls and beyond is the you know the, those things that stretch us beyond binaries like yeah. i can be in relationship here and i can be in relationship here and i can hold this stance and i can hold that stance and i think you know that that third way that jesus often modeled of like you might think it's just like this or like this but what about this and so that is definitely an expansive and breaking <laughs> kind of dynamic. I also want to mention that UCC Longmont, after this initial push, this timing that Reverend Nicole talked about, that when a tragedy happens, there's a unique opportunity 
the door cracks open and we just walk through. And we do things in, in a manner that seems to happen at a rate that's much faster than it seems possible, like new legislation being passed, new laws coming into effect. UCC Longmont is also gonna be doing a gun buyback. And that's gonna be at the end of September and that's for the sustained initiative. The initial push is happening in Boulder as it should. But we're going to keep this before us and move it into September as well. I hope you'll join us in that push. And so now we move into transition, which in the birthing process is the most powerful and most dangerous. It's a fiery process, and I love that word fiery process because it's a Pentecost process. The tongues of flame that rested on the apostles' heads when they were in the upper room in one of the Pentecost stories, it's a fiery process that's required to move from one reality to another. Think about coal that goes through the fiery process and becomes what? What does coal become when it goes through a fiery process? Not ash. Diamonds, did somebody say diamonds? Was there another answer? I don't know. It takes courage to stay in the work. The work of love and justice requires a courage even when we want to give up. And that feeling of I want to give up or it's useless or it's not going to make a difference is probably an indication that it's time to breathe. Return to the practice of breathing. You need space. You need to catch your breath. You need to go hiking in the mountains or make up a song on the piano or tend to your garden or go on a vacation with your family. It doesn't mean the movement's over or that it's spirit's done with you. It just means you need to breathe. So be aware of the courage that we muster. I have not given you a spirit of cowardice, but one of courage and wisdom and self-control. Let's hear what Reverend Anthony, Dr. Anthony Scott has to say about transition. A transition is hard, uh, hard work. It is moving from one place to another. Sometimes for me, it, recently it's been physically, but sometimes just mentally, a change of, a change of mind, uh, a change of heart um, in this continuing fight for justice, um, struggle against white supremacy, there have been uh, moments, uh, especially within the past uh, year, the past five years, where it seems um, that no matter how public the images of violence against black people and brown people, um, 
the violence persists. And so no one really cares. It's, it's a moment of transition, a moment of kind of like, if I continue in this work and no one listens, then I'm going to break. But then you find ways to push through. You find encouragement through other friends who are in movement, other friends who are committed um, to this work. And sometimes the encouragement has nothing to do it seems with with the with the work of justice it is just a work of self-care and of nourishment i believe god orders my chaos while i'm enduring it i don't necessarily see how my chaos how my life how um situations are being ordered but i but i trust um uh, that god has called me um and has uh enough compassion and steadfast love to sustain me through this journey. I went to a uh, college of the uh, ELCA, Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And so while I was there, I picked up a lot of Luther. Uh, there are a lot of things who, that make up who I, who I am uh, as a person of faith. So there's a little bit of Wesleyan in there. There's a little bit of Luther in there. There's a whole bunch of different things in there. I'm a Baptist. Um, by ordination by traditioning so there's a lot of things in there one of the things i picked up from the lutherans was a prayer that was pr that was printed in the lutheran service book a prayer uh, at the close of the day the prayer simply is lord god you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending give us faith to go out with good courage not knowing where we go but that your hand is leading and supporting us through jesus christ our lord Amen. Mm -hmm.